0: ladies. Welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. It's such an honor to have a returning guest with me today. I have Sarah Boots from Altogether Lovely Collective. Thank you for joining me again, Sarah.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Sarah joined me a few months ago talking about the importance of reading with your kids. That was a two-part episode and it was just jam-packed with so much good information and resources and so many wonderful things. So if you have not listened to those episodes, you're going to want to go back and catch those. But she is joining me today to talk a little bit about reading, but really as we branch into technology. technologies hold over really culture and life now it's become such um really kind of an issue in our society um and how that affects reading and how that affects our minds in general um but before we jump into all of that Sarah do you want to kind of reintroduce yourself in case people are hearing you for the first time
1: Sure. Thank you again for having me. I This is so fun. It's It's been really enjoyable chatting all things books and oh, reading yes. and media. It's <laughs> really enjoyable. I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm married to my husband, Brian. We've been married. We're actually getting ready to have our 13th wedding anniversary. Oh. And we have one little girl. Um, I mentioned this last time, but it's due to... In- we would love to have more, but with just one right now due to infertility. And we're so thankful for her. And especially if we just came through a really bad flu and just when things like that happen, it just makes you so grateful, you know, for the blessings that God has given us. Mm -hmm. I was praying with her this morning before she left for school. And we were talking about how thankful we are for health and we don't even realize, you know, we don't realize what we have until we lose it. And of course, seeing your children like that. Oh, it's so sad. That's where we're at right now. I do the altogether lovely, like you mentioned. And um, yeah, I really enjoy talking about books. (laughs)
0: Yes. And we'll wrap this this episode up sharing this. You're on Instagram. um, Mm -hmm. And just in a nutshell, like what is it that you offer? Because everybody needs to follow you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I talk a lot about, I do talk a lot about books, but I like to talk about resources in general. So it's Mm -hmm. not just books. We're talking audio dramas and movies and just things that we're bringing into our homes. As parents, we have to be so diligent. And in fact, we're going to talk about this a little bit today, but we've just got to be really diligent about what we are bringing into our homes and Mm -hmm. making sure that these things are turning our hearts towards the Lord and turning our children's hearts towards the Lord. And there's just so many resources out there and it's hard to know what is fine and what's not unless you actually go through everything yourself. Yes. And parents, I know parents don't have a lot of time to do that. And sometimes you've got kids who are just ready to consume everything, even books. They're just such avid readers. Mm-hmm. And you kind of run out of good books to give them and you need to know, okay, what next? And so kind of what I am hoping to do is, is basically be that guardian of books and resources for your family and, and basically vet everything for you and let you know exactly what is going to be in this movie or this Mm -hmm. book or this audio drama and whether or not, um, like we would we would read or listen or watch ourselves or everybody's not going to be like me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if someone is like, well, I we're not going li- to watch or listen or read that, but just to let parents know, hey, this is in there and you make that decision for yes. your family. So that's kind of in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And that's great. And that's really what you have done for our family. As we seek to be a gatekeeper, you're right, I don't have time to sift through all of these things. I, You know, I've the Lord has given me other things to do, but the Lord has given you this specifically to do, and it's been such a huge help in our home, especially as we transition into talking about media. You know, media is an area of our home that we've really done an overhaul in, whether it's my husband and i personally or what we watch as adults and then trickling down as you know we have these little ones that are growing up and i feel like media is becoming more and more i mean we can see it in the news with major media corporations right now there's such a ungodly agenda that is mm-hmm. being pushed and it's just something that we have to be so vigilant over as parents mm-hmm. so it's such a blessing to have somebody that has these resources that can share that and can help us make those decisions. So thank you for all you do. I'll be sure to link (laughs) where people can find you in the show notes. But as we just kind of transition into what we're going to talk about today, talking about media, talking about the influence that it has some statistics of things. Um, really, just like I said, the kind of the hold that it has on our culture. Um, I'll just turn it over to you. I know you have some really good content prepared as we talk on this we'll topic. We'll see.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I think, like we said, media is is a huge battle that we have to fight these days. And I think sometimes it feels like we are the only mothers in the world that have ever had to figure something like this out, and in a way that might be true as far as technology goes, mm-hmm. but when you just boil it all down, technology can just be a distraction. And mothers and parents have been dealing with distractions since the beginning of time. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you read in the Bible, you know, it talks about um, laying aside every weight that so easily besets us mm-hmm. that. That's getting rid of, you get rid of the distractions so that we can focus on what's most important. And so in our current generation, one of our biggest distractions culturally is media. And I think as Christian parents, like we mentioned earlier, we just have to be really vigilant in how much we allow into our homes and what we're allowing into our homes. And we have to learn how to handle it properly and not only ourselves handle it properly, but teaching our children to handle it properly as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start talking, start out with statistics um, specifically because some of these things, they just blow my mind. And these ones are specifically coming from Jim Trelise's read aloud handbook. Yes. That's where I've gotten these. So, um, you can find them all over, but I, I was re, when I was preparing for the last couple of episodes that we did. I saw all these t- statistics in there, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, these would be good to make note of. So, in 1970, children began watching TV regularly at about four years old, whereas today children start interacting with digital media as young as four months.
0: Wow! <laughs> Isn't that before crazy? they can even sit up?
1: <laughs> yes. It, it just That just blows my mind. The age has just dropped yes. quite considerably. And to me, it it almost doesn't even make sense. Why would you put a four-month-old baby <laughs> in front of its screen? I don't know. Crazy. In 2015, the vast majority of one-year-olds had already used a mobile device. And most two-year-olds use them on a daily basis. Preschoolers were already starting to use two or more forms of digital media simultaneous, simultaneously, such as watching TV while using an iPad they're, I, I can't imagine what that's doing to their brains. Oh my. It's, it's talk, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like when I do something like that, I feel really scatterbrained yes. and these kids are, they're in such a developmentally yes. critical time period. I mean, what, what is it doing? It's crazy. Preteens and adolescents use numerous digital media sources on average of eight to 10 hours per day. Oh, wow often in in the form of media multitasking, which has been associated with attention problems, which I've I've experienced that myself. Not that I've been on there eight to 10 hours a day, but even (laughs) just the short time that I'm on there, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, just the short time being on there, I've noticed, you know, it's, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. Three quarters of teenagers own a smartphone. 24% of adolescents describe themselves as constantly connected to the internet and 50% report feeling addicted to their phones. 50%! Mm -hmm. Half of teenagers. Teens who report feeling addicted may exhibit antisocial behavior and eroding self-confidence. I mean, if that isn't the truth, I mean, have you noticed the numbers of um, depression Mm -hmm. and suicide and all of this? It has to be it has to be because of social media and, and um, screens and all this. It's, it's just insane. In fact, I just watched a documentary the other day and they were showing how, I can't remember the dates exactly, but basically when the, it it was a graph and it was basically an upward graph. And it was showing that when um, the iPhone came out, how depression, anxiety, and Suicide mm. spiked. Wow, it's 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 incredible. I'm actually going to share that um, video on on Instagram. I think coming up soon, but it's it's very um, it's very depressing actually to watch it. Just really sad about what's happening in our country and to our kids. But t- talking about antisocial behavior, have you been to a restaurant recently and looked around and seen how many people are on their phones? Mm-hmm. It's it's so sad. It's like it's like we've forgotten how to communicate with people and we can only do it on our phones. It's just
0: Well, I was just how... at the playground the other day and all these little ones are playing and all of the adults were just sitting on benches on their phones and I mean not that I haven't been guilty as charged before, but it was it was a reality to me that I need to be careful myself yes. what example i'm setting for my yes. kids yes
1: yes i know it's so true and i always think too i'm like i don't want my daughter to grow up and ha- her memory mm-hmm. be mom on the phone all the time yes I, that's that's just, it's so sad a- approximately 15% of teens sent more than 200 texts a day in 2018 or an average of one text every few minutes. Simply put, children in one of the most formative periods of their intellectual and emotional lives are interrupted over a hundred times a day for messages. Imagine what that does to your your mental health. I mean, just as a mom, (laughs) you know, when we're trying to concentrate on something and our kid keeps interrupting, hey mom, this, hey mom, that, and you're trying to keep your patience, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to just not blow up well our kids especially if they have a phone and they're doing the text messages 200 texts a day no wonder they have they have issues with self-control and and their um, behavior it's i'm telling these statistics just blow my mind research has found that the more devices a child has access to the less they read in general high schoolers are now texting scrolling and using social media instead of reading books A study revealed one in three high school seniors in the United States did not read a book for pleasure in 2016. Hmm. That's so sad. Hmm. And because this is just the last little wrap it up as far as the statistics go, but because so many teens and adults are connected 24-7, there is a minimal downtime or disconnect. And from recent scientific observations of both humans and rats, the research shows that constant stimulation of the brain from multitasking debilitates brain function. And you can like we've said before you can just imagine the problems that that has for children because their brains are still developing. Yes. It's not like it's not like they're an adult being thrown into this and they you they're just dealing with a the distraction. They're actually messing up their growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, their their the formation of their brain is being is different mm-hmm. than how our brains were formed. And that kind of brings me in—that point is very interesting because the opposite of that constant distraction— Is something that is very crucial to our normal brain function. And it's very important to understand because it will help us to make good choices. And that's called the default mode network. (laughs) And I know it sounds that just that sounds really nerdy, but if you understand basically the meaning behind it, it can be really, really helpful in how we are dealing with ourselves and our children with media. So the default mode network is when our brain isn't doing anything. We're not having conversations. We're not on a screen. We're not listening to an audiobook or a podcast. We're not engaging in anything. The brain is basically in a resting state. And it might maybe feel like boredom, but our brains do need it. Scientists discovered that when your brain is in this resting state, there is a complex and highly integrated network that only activates when we're doing nothing. And it's often. Active. This default mode network is active when we're just thinking. You know, when we're thinking about the past or the future or daydreaming, or mm-hmm. when we're sitting, standing in line at the um, grocery store, or when we're falling you know, right before we fall asleep at night. When when our brains are just doing nothing, it's how our brain processes and rejuvenates. And anyways, it's just how our brains need that rest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this was a, a quote I heard, I was actually listening to a podcast about, uh, the default mode network and they got this quote from a book specifically dealing with children and get what this says. It's crazy. A healthy default mode network is necessary for the human brain to rejuvenate, store information in more permanent locations, gain perspective, process complicated ideas, and be truly creative. It has also been linked in young people to a strong sense of identity and a capacity for empathy scientists are concerned that because of technology's ubiquity, young people have too few opportunities to activate their default mode network. And I find that very interesting because I, like I mentioned earlier, I have seen this. I mean, I didn't know it was called the default mode mm-hmm. network, but I've, see, I've seen this in myself mm-hmm. as an adult, specifically on social media, you know, um, being on Instagram a lot, as far as work mm-hmm. in, in quotes, work, but sometimes you know you'll go on social media to work, and you forget what you know you you forget you're going to answer messages, yes, or whatever, and you start scrolling or looking at people's stuff. And then when you begin to really consume, 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 I lose all of my creativity. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever noticed that mm-hmm. before, yes, but the, the more you're on, social media and screens and watching movies and the more you're on it you just lose all your creativity. The crazy thing is when I feel myself get like that, I know okay, I need to take a break. But the crazy thing is when you take a break, all the creativity comes back. <laughs> it's so crazy how it works. And yes. again, like I said, I never even knew there was such a thing as the default mode network, but when I heard about it, I thought, "Oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. That's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening." So You think about that with our kids, if they're always on devices and always on screens, they have no time for their brain to Mm -hmm. rest and store information and be creative. No wonder kids don't know how to go outside and play and be creative because they're always on screens. Mm -hmm. So especially, especially with real little ones, they are in such a very critical developmental time period in their lives. And to not allow them to have a distraction-free brain has got to be doing some critical damage to them. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know
0: you're going to touch on this in a little bit, how technology influences reading, but I know in our home, when we were leaning much more on the media side My kids, I was like, why can't you sit down and listen to a story? Or why do we step outside and five Mm -hmm. minutes later, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. And Mm -hmm. there was a transition period that was not easy that we had to work branching onto more of a creative side versus screen dependency. But it was Mm -hmm. worth it because now... We have very little screen time in our home. Mm -hmm. But my kids, it's so funny. Simeon and I were just talking the other day. He's like, if our kids are quiet, they're either making a mess somewhere or they're (laughs) hidden. My, my daughters have a walk-in closet and we have a bookshelf in there and they will just stow away in that closet. And for like an hour, they'll look at books and they'll sit through one book after another. And my son, his nursery workers always tell us, they're like all he wanted to do the whole time was just sit and read. And he sits so still and listens, or they love to play outside. But that was, we had to, transition and work Mm -hmm. through that because there was a lot of screen dependency and it did I saw in such a real way how it affected our home
1: and now it's so much
0: freeing being on the other side and we still enjoy it we still Mm -hmm. love to watch the occasional movie but it doesn't have that control like we can do other things and enjoy them
1: yes yeah (sighs) Uh, there's so many points there
0: <laughs> that
1: you mentioned that I'm like I will I'm gonna I'm not gonna get ahead of myself but there's so many things there that you said that are just getting my brain going but I'm gonna wait. But you did mention um, as far as the the effects that it can have on children. There was a study done. Um, I, I just read an article recently and they were talking about the specific problems with children. So here are some of the things they said overexposure to screens is leading to a large amount of health and developmental problems. Mm. It also limits a child's playtime, which is extremely important for the development of children. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It affects parent-child interaction as well as interaction between other children. There are communication and socialization delays children have to deal with. I mean, we talked about this with teenagers. When they're always on their phones, they become really antisocial. It's the same with children. And then to top it off, kind of what we're going to go into a little bit here is reading is vastly affected by technology as well. One third, this stat blows my mind, one third of U.S. elementary students are not reading at grade level.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's just elementary students. I mean, that's not even talking about high school students. One third. And I understand from a homeschool mom perspective, I understand that kids develop at different mm-hmm. Speeds. Yes, my daughter did did not enjoy learning to read. She enjoyed stories, but she didn't enjoy learning to read. And so, when a lot of kids in first grade were reading, she wasn't. She did not like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now she's doing much better. But this isn't just talking about first graders. It's not yeah, talking about kindergarten on and first grade. Average, it's yes, it's talking about elementary students, which is up to sixth grade, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think that's usually what's included. So Mm -hmm. it is fair to say, yes, technology is playing a huge role in keeping our minds and imaginations away from good books. And so to kind of get into that, as far as how do we combat this problem as, as parents, what do we need to do? When we're talking about books and technology, I like to think about it As basically sweets and meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. If you offered for dinner, if you offered your child the option between chocolate cake and Brussels sprouts, what do you think?
0: Chocolate cake. (laughs)
1: I know. So I was, what would they choose? They, yes. would, they would most likely choose the chocolate cake. They'd mm-hmm. choose the candy. They'd choose the sweets. Once in a while, you might replace a meal with a cookie or a piece of cake. I've done that before with breakfast. Hey, we have leftover birthday cake, and I'll have a piece of cake for <laughs> breakfast. But that's not something that yes. we do every single meal. And that, and I, I was thinking, too, actually, when I was thinking about this, I thought, we might more often than not replace a meal with cereal. You know, if dad's not home, it's like, oh, you Mm -hmm. can just have a bowl of cereal Then I don't have to make (laughs) dinner. But at the same time, we're not going to have cereal and we're not going to be giving our children cereal every single meal of their lives while they live with us for 18 Mm -hmm. years because it's unhealthy. Well, that's the same thing with, with media. Unfortunately, that's happening all over the world when it comes to technology. If there's a choice between the iPad, the sweets, and the books or playing outside, which is your meat and potatoes, they're going to, if there's a choice, they're always going to choose the candy because there's a choice. And so we're basically, I feel like what's worse is a lot of times it's not even maybe that we offer a choice. Sometimes as parents, we're just giving it to them because it's like you mentioned a little earlier, it's the easy, easy thing to do. You need a babysitter. Well, let's, let's put them in front of a show for two hours. And you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with enjoying a show for 20 minutes. Absolutely not. I mean, we enjoy shows every once in a while, but we're like you mentioned, we're not depending on diet. Yes. It's yes. We're, we're not always in front. And I think a lot of A lot of times, because it's so easy, instead of a parent saying, hey, why don't you go outside and play while I cook dinner or whatever, it's easier to just be like, here, play a game on the iPad for a few minutes, which doesn't usually end up being a few (laughs) minutes. you know. But what happens is if we're constantly turning to a screen to occupy a child's time, we are actually making their boredom and their discipline problems worse Mm -hmm. because we're not teaching them how to handle being bored.
0: Mm-hmm. We're,
1: we're just saying, oh, here, go watch something because you're bored. No, we should say, oh, you're bored. Okay, then you need to realize there's a problem here and you need to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. There, be be a problem solver. We want our children to be problem solvers. So look around, think, okay, I don't have anything to do. What What can I do? Look around. Oh, guess what? There's a pile of clothes in my bedroom. I should probably put those away. Or... I love doing puzzles. Why don't Why don't I work on a puzzle or color? Or there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. And I, that um, documentary I mentioned earlier, they had a they were interviewing a bunch of of people with with young kids and teenagers dealing with tech and stuff right now. But they also had a lady on there. She was probably eighty five or ninety, talking about her life growing up and how mm-hmm. different it is. And and several times she mentioned. We we never even knew what the word board was. I never even heard of that word until until more modern time period because because we were so busy and you know they lived their life to sustain themselves yes. like they lived their lives to produce their food that they were going to yes, eat survive. And so, <laughs> yes, and our lives are so different. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, it's it's so much different, and so we don't have all of that work. But sometimes as parents, it's like we almost have to create work like that. You know, have a garden, or you know, teach your child to knit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so old-fashioned, but we have to create work for our children. And even if it's fun work, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not like it's hey, you know, go do this because you're bored. I mean, it can be enjoyable, but we don't want to always be relying on the screens. So it's, it is good for a child to be bored as long as they're taught to problem solve and fix that problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you don't want them sitting around on the couch and doing nothing because they're bored. They, they need to learn how to solve the problem. So have that treat once in a while, you know, watch that sight and sound. We were talking about that earlier, watch that, watch that um, movie or play 30 minutes on the iPad or whatever. But it's not, it shouldn't be a constant diet. Mm -hmm. It's unhealthy. It really is unhealthy. Let them read a good book, play outside, learn, help with dinner, learn real life skills. Mm -hmm. And that will get them a lot further in life than (laughs) sitting around on the iPad. So that kind of brings me to books and books compared to screens. Um, I've heard the question before, if a child says, mom, I'm bored, and mom says, okay, go read a book, is is that not the same as a child? <laughs> What's the difference between a vi- a child vegging out on the couch reading a book and a child vegging out on the couch <laughs> playing a, a video game or something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's the thing. It is different, and it's different because books, they involve our bodies and our brains in a way that a screen or device does not. And don't just take my word for it. There's all kinds of studies. Mm -hmm. You can, you can look them up. Um, I think, I think it was in the book, um, the book whisperer. I think that was the one where she talks about how they, I don't know how they do it, but somehow they connect, they can see the brain light up. So they were watching, they were watching two children and one was one had a hard copy of a book and another had, um, it just basically a screen and they were watching the brains light up. And mm-hmm. I just remember being so odd by... Th-
0: I, I've seen something like that before. Yes. Yeah, so it's the child,
1: <laughs> yes. So the child that was reading the book, the, the brain was firing all over the place and lighting up and the child that was on the screen had nothing. Mm-hmm. And so just that simple example, it, it just goes to show you how much a book is doing for our for our brain mm-hmm. compared to a screen. Um there's also been studies that they've studied people's memory and people's retention and people's attention with a screen as opposed to a book and also with reflected light as opposed to um glowing light there's there's a difference there's a kind of there's a difference of of learning that happens with a book that doesn't happen with a screen. Mm-hmm. And and you're interacting with it different. So you're you're flipping pages. There's also, when you're reading a book, I'm sure you've experienced this. I'm sure everybody that has read a book experiences this, but your, your brain almost like creates a movie. Mm-hmm. As you're reading, you know what I mean? Yes. As you're reading the book, you're watching the scenes play out in your mind. And so your brain is filling in details. Whereas on a device, all like a movie or- a video game, your brain is not doing any work as far as filling in details because all the details are already filled in for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have this kind of, with, with when you're reading an actual book, you there's this uh, creative participation of the brain that you don't get with the screen. And I, I just find that, that it's just so fascinating. And again, I, there, I, especially movies, I think there's some really good movies that you can really learn a lot from and that are very impactful and can just really convict your heart and and turn your heart toward Christ. I really think there are movies like that, but again, not a steady diet of movies like that because your brain isn't really doing a lot of work compared to reading a book. So, and then that kind of just brings me into how do we know, okay, so we're we're not going to we get that we shouldn't always be on screens. So how do we know if we are on screens too much <laughs> or our kids are on screens yes. too much? And this this one's actually, it's kind of funny because I'm sure you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So as a parent, it's very important to be vigilant and attentive about the impact that technology is having on our children. And usually it's it's pretty easy to spot <laughs> <laughs> when it's having a negative effect. So here's three things. Here's three things that we personally watch out for one is, and this isn't just with, um, it's not just with movies or Mm -hmm. video games. You know, it's, it's really with everything. This, this could portray itself by getting angry when they're interrupted. You know, when mom says, Hey, pause that for a second, I need to tell you something. And they throw a fit. Also, when it's time to be done throwing a temper tantrum, and, and this is, I'm not talking about the two-year-old, I'm, I'm not talking about the two-year-old temper tantrum because I remember when E was um, about, I, I think she probably was 18, 20 months old and she, she liked Minnie Mouse. And when it was time to turn it off, she'd throw a temper tantrum. That's a two-year-old temper tantrum. I'm talking about eight-year-old throwing a temper tantrum when it's time to turn it off. You're eight you know, you should not be acting like that. That that's showing signs of obsession. Also, if they're older, they might be sneaking around to watch something or, or playing a game without asking and then lying about it later. Those are all signs of obsession. And we have to really watch out for those. Another thing is children start adopting an attitude of a character (laughs) in like a movie or a show. So my daughter um, had a
0: British accent for a while oh, oh that's funny well
1: <laughs> well a british accent is not a problem <laughs>
0: <It gets well>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I, that that is sometimes it's hilarious you know sometimes like those kind of yes. things are cute and funny and there's nothing wrong with that yes. but you know when they start being yes. naughty or having attitudes and i mean we're not what hopefully we're not really watching shows where there's characters like that but mm-hmm. i have to say um this could be as simple as patch the pirate, <laughs> you know, there's nothing, we love patch the pirates. There's nothing wrong with patch the pirates, but yeah. you know, there's, there's always, they're always trying to teach a lesson and there's that's always right. a, there's always a bad character that, you know, we're trying to learn a lesson about. Well, sometimes children will, will adopt the attitude of yes. the patch the pirate character. Or I'm thinking of Nellie Olson. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's funny. So I don't know, like, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, children gravitate towards the naughty characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're not watching this for Nellie Olson. We're watching this for Laura and Mary yes. <laughs> and Ma. You know, we really want to learn from them and you're learning from Nellie. So it's, you know, when they start doing that, it might be time to just take mm-hmm. a little pause on that show or whatever for a little bit. And then thirdly, we, we talked about this a little bit, but keeping an eye on their creativity and imagination, if they're always asking to watch a show or play on the iPad rather than Asking to read a book or playing outside, or can we play a board game? Or I'm going to play with my dollhouse. If they're constantly asking for the media, it's probably time to rein it in for a little bit.
0: So you've shared a lot about you know, things to look out for. And those have been things that we've seen in our home. And we kind of had to be like, okay, whoa, especially Simeon and I as a couple, like we need to reassess some things. And that led to specific changes for our family and every family looks different. Um, But for you personally, what Mm -hmm. has that kind of looked like in your home as you've tried to put up some guards and not eat candy 24 (laughs) seven?
1: Well, this, question does kind of make me laugh because we're really kind of duds when it comes to technology so I I I feel like I'm probably not going to be a huge help to people who are really really struggling with too much but for us personally we treat technology as a privilege Mm -hmm. or something that is earned so we don't do it every day it's it's something that's extremely special. And of course I'm saying this in regards to as a family in general, I do a lot of work on technology. I use Mm -hmm. my computer and my phone a lot for work. So I have specific boundaries in place for myself that is completely different. And that's a conversation for a different day, but specifically with E what we do for our family is one thing we talked about this being a privilege. So one thing we do is A lot of times if we're working on a specific behavior with E, we'll have a little habit tracker. And if she goes four days in a row or something, you know, whatever the determined amount of time is, Mm -hmm. depending on what it is, if she goes that many days in a row without portraying that specific behavior, then she'll earn 30 minutes on an iPad. And that's really, that is really um, motivating to her because Mm -hmm. she loves playing games on the iPad, but she doesn't get to do it very often. And again, that's not like every four days she's on the iPad because that that's not how it is. It, yeah. That's just something where it's like, okay, we're noticing this behavior. So... Let's use some motivation here, and and so it really it actually works really well. Mm-hmm. And she's so she's not sitting around all the time on the iPad. Now I do have to say there are special times. You, Grammy comes to visit, and Grammy has special games on the iPad just for her. And so when we see Grammy only a couple times a year. So when she comes, that's special. But mm-hmm. again, she's not on it for an open ended amount of time. It's okay. You have thirty minutes, and. We're setting the timer. I'll let you know when you have 10 minutes left. I'll let you know when you have 5 minutes left and then you're done when the timer goes off. Mm-hmm. And if you have an attitude, you're not doing it tomorrow. You know, it's just simple. It's setting I think the hardest thing is just setting the boundaries. It's it's with any any type of behavior yes. behavioral issue, setting the boundaries and then following through. And that's really what you have to do. You know, if if you say if you have an attitude about this show being turned off today then you're not watching the show tomorrow and mm-hmm. then follow through don't say oh well I really need that 30 minutes just follow through so I, I, that kind of makes me laugh because we have these in place and then she was just sick and she watched so many shows and that there's it's just different yes. when a child's sick
0: yeah and no, again, we had sickness she, sweep our house recently and
1: Oh, we yeah. Binged. You just, <laughs> yes, you just binge and just try to make everybody feel comfortable. And guess yes. what? She's back to normal and yeah. she hasn't been, she hasn't watched anything since she was sick. We're going to, we're going to watch something tomorrow night as a family. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> so there's, there are times like that, but that's not, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And then, then that brings me in as far as, as far as movie nights. Um, we do movies together as a family, together, emphasis on together. We don't, um we don't all sit around and dad is watching his thing on his phone and mom's watching my thing on my phone and E's watching her thing. No, we're what and it might be like Liberty's kids, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> it it might be something that's like really not super interesting to, yes. to us as adults, but we do it together as a family. Um and and that's really, really important, I think, mm-hmm. too. Specifically you hear people talking about kids having technology in their rooms. Personally, I don't think that would be very smart, at least for our family, that do it together as a family. If your child's going to be on the iPad playing a game, have them be on the iPad in the living room or in the kitchen where you're making dinner. You know, we, we want to keep an eye on each other. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Especially as parents, we need to know what our kids are doing Mm -hmm. online. And honestly, that's about the extent of our non-bookish technology. I <laughs> like you said we're pretty boring when it comes to that. But you know, we're busy. And when you when your life is full of real life, mm-hmm. real people, real work for the Lord, you don't have time for the technology. And yes. it's very important to just fill your life with with things so that you don't need, because a lot of times what happens is even as adults, it's like, well, we're bored. So I'm going to go scroll. And then two hours later, you're like, oh my word, I just spent two hours. I was only going to get on here for 15 minutes. Well, fill your life, be busy, be, you know, make homemade meals, make, create, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to need the technology to fill the void. And same thing with kids. We've got to teach our kids to be like that too. Mm -hmm. And as far as, I feel like I didn't give, you know, tons of advice or whatever for not having technology in your home but or or limiting it but I would really recommend The Tech-Wise Family by Andy Crouch. Have you read that one?
0: I have not, but it's on my list. <laughs> okay, yes.
1: That that book is very good. I love it because it's really really practical. It's mm-hmm. not just I've I've read a lot of technology books before, and I feel like a lot of them are like technology so bad and this mm-hmm. that and the other. He recognizes the fact that look, we're living in a world with technology; it's, it's not a problem. Going away. Yeah. Yes, it's not going away. So here are some practical ideas of how to implement it in your home, and he's got some really great ones. Um, one of the things he talks about is basically having a Sabbath from technology and taking breaks throughout the day, throughout the week, and throughout the year. And mm-hmm. those are excellent it's good anyways. Like we've talked about before, because our brain just, I feel like, I feel like I get so scatterbrained when I'm on social media a lot and, and just implementing those breaks before I ever even read the book made sense. But after, Mm -hmm. after reading through what he said about it, it's really good. And also um, his daughter wrote one with her dad called my tech wise life. And that one I didn't like, I personally didn't like as much because It wasn't the primary audience. So she was 19 when she wrote this book. So she's writing it to teenagers. So for parents who have really techie teenagers, I think that book would be Mm -hmm. really good to go through with them. So yeah, so those two books are really great if you need help with making wise decisions about technology in your Mm -hmm. home. And two things that are really important when talking about keeping tech to a minimum with our children... One is that you touched on this earlier. We have to model it ourselves. This stat, I I can't remember if I heard it. I think I might've heard it on a podcast. I was listening to a podcast by Andy Crouch, I think. And he mentioned this stat. When you ask teenagers, excuse me, When you ask teenagers what they would do to change their relationship with their parents, the single most common answer was, I wish my parents weren't on their phones and would just talk to me.
0: Hmm.
1: It's so sad. And it's so sad, but it's such a picture of the world we live in. Mm -hmm. If you, we talked about it earlier, but like, if you go out to the park or to the grocery store or a restaurant, everybody's on their phones. People don't know how to Behave like people did 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's so sad, but our children need us to be normal, social parents. Yes. They're growing up destroying their lives and being rebellious and all kinds of stuff just because their parents are not giving them the time and attention mm-hmm. that they need because they're stuck on their phones. And so if we can't control, our own technology consumption how in the world do we expect to teach them how to control it mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a part of our lives we've got to, we've got to learn it ourselves and then teach them yes. and then that kind of just leads me into the second thing that's really important we have to remember that we're raising our children to raise their children yes so we are we are training our children so that they will in turn train their, their children, so that they'll be good parents themselves. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to just throw them into this tech world with absolutely no guidance. It, you know, I, I, I think often, as much as I'm on my phone, I think about my daughter being a parent. And I think, do, would I want her to parent the way I'm parenting? You know, because when you, when you take that perspective and look at it like kind of outside yourself yes. and then you realize, whoa, we have a problem here, yes. you know, and I think and it's, it's so hard because when you're working with, when your work is so much with technology, mm-hmm. it's hard, but, but you know for me it's like i try to do my work when she's gone or when yes. if, if if we're homeschooling i'm trying to do my work while she's doing her video lessons mm-hmm. or whatever well i've but- been
0: simple things like sometimes okay when we're outside the kids are playing they're having fun they don't necessarily need me engaged 24/7 but i've tried to instead of having my phone or even like an e-reader i try to mm-hmm. choose that time to have a physical book that I'm yes. seeing, so that if they yeah. glance over and okay, mommy's not right in the middle immersed with playing with them, but they, it just that's like one area that just came to my mind when how ways that I've tried to limit media in the presence of my children.
1: Yes, well, they don't know what you're doing on your phone. Yes, even if you're reading a book, they yeah. uh, all all there, especially if they're a little older. It's like I roll, mom's on our phone again. Yes, you know they if well so, and
0: totally. I mean, we could go on this rabbit trail too. But even reading the Bible, it's been something that it's so easily accessible to pull it up on our phone or, Uh you know, but we've tried to like actually get it out, let them see. Yes, And I think there's so many practical ways that the Lord just, the Holy Spirit guides us and shows us where we're at fault and where we need. But there are definitely things that we can implement that help model that for our children better.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and again, like I said earlier, we, we don't want to just throw them into this technology world with no guidance. We Mm -hmm. have to, they need some sort of starting point for when they go on to teach their own children. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if we never showed them, even if, even if it's as simple as taking Andy Crouch's book and, you know, going through the points and saying this is what we're gonna do for our family. You know, we're not gonna be on our phone on Sundays. We're not gonna be on our phones in the mornings. We're gonna do everything together as a family. That's giving them the guidance. And it's I, I think it's it's like disciplining in all training more than disciplining, but we have to train them in all different kinds of things and this is something else that we as parents in our day and age have to train our children and that's to learn how to use technology and so I mentioned that we didn't we don't use um technology that much Mm -hmm. but our technology comes in the form of audiobooks (laughs) (laughs) so that is I mean that is technology but it's it's a little bit different and and I'll explain why here in a second Mm -hmm. I love audiobooks so much because they are like a, they're like a parent's secret weapon. They really are. I love the fact that you will come and ask to listen to a story rather than play on an iPad. And like I said, we don't do a lot of technology, so this is our technology, and it is such a great replacement for technology. So I, I guess it might even if parents are like, oh man, our kids are watching movies and and they're just on tech way too much. This might be a really good transition. Yes. You know, instead of watching movies or or being on the iPad, use audiobooks to transition mm-hmm. to less it, it, but it's it's different because it's not like you're just a dead brain sitting on your couch consuming mm-hmm. consuming consuming. You're actually getting all the benefits of reading aloud. A child is getting all the benefits of someone reading aloud to them, mm-hmm. just like we've talked about in last episodes but the parent isn't having to do the work. So that can be a, that can be a real lifesaver. I know a lot of times um when we homeschooled, we had quiet time in the afternoons and that's so nice mm-hmm. because you can put on an audiobook and they're playing quietly in their rooms or doing, you know, doing a puzzle or something like that, but the audiobook is in the background and they're getting all the benefits yes. of a read aloud. So it's I, I just love audiobooks. But and, and to kind of close this out, I a word of fair warning about audiobooks and it, it just, this just brings us full circle back to where we started. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be audiobooks. It can be distraction. I'm sorry. It can be audiobooks. It can be technology. It can be um, reading books in general. It can be playing outside. Everything can be a distraction. We've heard stories about moms back in the day sitting on the couch reading romance novels, or it doesn't even have to be romance novels, just reading mm-hmm. and just letting the kids run wild they're they're distracted. They're not doing the thing that's important. They're not they're not taking care of what's in front of them. And that's reading. Reading's a good thing, but reading can still be a distraction. Yes. And it's the same for our kids. And as much as we want to raise readers, I think more importantly, it's important to help them understand. While reading quality books is very important, playing outside is very important. But it's also important to have really good relationships with our friends and family, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. involved in our local church, and have a relationship with the Lord, and be in uh, help with chores around the house. It's yeah. very important mm-hmm. to be well-rounded in all well, it's areas, to be
0: balanced. And I think mm-hmm. you know, especially as mine are a little bit younger than yours, but that is not something that their maturity level is going to teach them on their own. That's mm-hmm. something that's where mom and dad come in, and we have to. Again, full circle, model what a balanced life looks like and then help mm-hmm. guide them. And hey, these things are great. And even mm-hmm. this thing, you know, okay, so we've talked about media. Maybe in excess, it's not great. But, you know, in, in the right proportions, it can be. But but this is yes. way. this is how we balance that in our mm-hmm. home. This is how you can balance that. And really mm-hmm. being as the parent, especially as the mom, I think, being so involved in our children. Like we we have to be that gauge that helps them learn that. And then hopefully as they grow, as they get closer and closer to those teen years and then into the adult years, we will have laid a pattern that will help them then make their own wise decisions.
1: Yeah. And that's so important. Like you said, children are so, they're so impressionable Mm -hmm. and we're letting certain things impress them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, to, to keep it the same, but, and, and we have to be, like we said, the, the gatekeeper, and we have to be just really diligent about the amount of time, not only what they're consuming, but the amount of time they're consuming. And again, bringing it back to the Bible, it's important to just be like what the apostle Paul said in Philippians, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand moderation in everything. Yeah. The eternity is is what what's important. And eternity's value in view. Mm-hmm. When we keep eternity in view and when that is what's priority, it will help us balance everything else out. Media can be wonderful. Books can be wonderful. Playing outside can be wonderful. Working in the home can be wonderful. But we have to just keep it all in moderation. Moderation is key. And ultimately as Christians, if, if something is not in moderation, it quickly becomes an idol,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is something we're putting before the Lord. So, you know, if, if we're wanting our technology more than we want to spend time with Jesus, if we want to read more than we want to pray, that's when things are becoming problematic. So Mm -hmm. just again, bringing everything back to God's word, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: technology can be a wonderful thing. All of these things can be wonderful things, but in moderation.
0: Yes. Well, Sarah, this has been so great. This has been so helpful for me and I know it's going to be for so many other lens listeners. Um, I mentioned I'll share your Instagram handle in the show notes, but do you want to share that really quickly? I know you have so many resources and your website, you have a lot of resources on there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. The website's growing. It just came, the website just came out in January. So we're trying to add things to it and yes. make it make it better and better so the website is altogether dot com, mm-hmm. and then and again that's i'm hoping that's going to be like a searchable place yes. i love instagram but instagram is not really searchable mm-hmm. um so the instagram handle is at altogether dot co um altogether co, and then um i'm bad about mentioning this it, it was such a Great excitement back in January is the book list I don't mention it too often, but that's a really good place and I, I'm hoping that's going to be something that's actually going to be awesome in mm-hmm. coming years. It was just <laughs> this year we worked on just getting it off the ground, yes, and hopefully in years to come that will just keep getting better and better so yes and, and and again, that book list i I feel like that book list is different in in that you can go there and see exactly what's in the book as far as <clears throat> a parent guide and, and like a detailed parent guide, not just, yeah, I sometimes feel like if you go to like, especially like for a movie or something, if you go to IMB, IMBD, I think that's what it's called. You can get a guide, but sometimes it's not as detailed as you want. And you're like, yes. hmm, I don't, I, I don't know. And so I feel like on the book list, I'm hoping anyways, that mm-hmm. it's, it's very detailed. And then, um, of course the newsletter, you mm-hmm. can sign up, I, I like the newsletter is a favorite and I, I feel love like news- your newsletter. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really like newsletters just in general because I feel like they're a lot more personal than mm-hmm. you can really get on like a website yes. or uh, Instagram is personal, but, but it's not like in your inbox personal. It's everybody's yes. doing Instagram, you know? Yes. So I do love the newsletter because it's well people can hit reply and, yes. and so it's really fun it's to hear current back from people
0: information too you know this is what i've read this is what's up and coming and so yeah, yeah i love that
1: yeah and it's current too but also it, especially if you like put make a little folder or something mm-hmm. There, all those book recommendations. Those are actually recommendations that are going to be on next year's book list. So you kind of have a head start. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the newsletter is fun. So yes. and you can just sign up for that on um on my website. Yeah. So.
0: Well, Sarah, kind of thank you so much for joining me today. This episode has just it's been great. It's such wonderful information. You did so well presenting all of it. So thank you. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me once again on the podcast. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.